0: You're listening to the 122 Leadership podcast. 12 minutes, 2 takeaways, empowering you to pursue excellence in all you do. Well, hello and welcome back to 122 where we say do not be conformed to the patterns of this world but be transformed by the renewing of your mind so you'll be able to test and approve of God's will for your life. Now, my name is Justin and we'll be together for approximately 12 minutes give or take today and we're going to leave with a couple of takeaways that are going to help us help make our lives better and help make us better at life. I mean, after all, that's why you're here, right? However, we're going to add a sl- a slight twist to, to the experience today because we're going to flip the script, right? We are going to commission you, yes, you, to take your 12x2 experience to someone else. Now, don't worry. This isn't an advertisement. I'm not asking you to pick 10 friends and then share the 12 to link with them. Of course, if you wanted to do that, we would be okay with that. That's not the point of this talk, but I'm going to ask something a little bit more of you actually, but we'll talk about that in a little bit. We'll circle back to it here, here in a little bit. Um, Well, let's start with this, right? How many of you are familiar with Harry Potter? To which you're probably thinking, like, this is 12:2. Why are we talking about Harry Potter? And I'm glad you asked. But if you're not, then I would strongly encourage you to to read the Harry Potter books. They're fantastic. It's a it's a of course it's a fictional story, but it's a fantastic book uh like it's it's about the battle of good and evil you know um great series if if you're not a reader because the books are long there's seven of them uh watch the movies the movies are long too movies are good the books are way better as you would expect but the movies are also really good um but anyway, just a quick recap of kind of what's going on here, because we'll be talking about this like, uh, Harry's so Harry Potter's main character, his name's Harry uh, his parents are killed when he's just the baby, so he, don't, he doesn't even remember his parents, but they're killed by the most evil dark wizard of all time, and somehow Harry survives the attack. Um, he's sent to live with his non-magical aunt and uncle and cousin and they essentially treat him like trash, like they, they, they're, very, they're rude to him, they lock him in the cupboard, uh, they don't Tell him at all anything about his magical background or heritage or anything like that. But as he comes of age, he's a, he's invited to attend this premier wizarding school, and and in doing so, like his true identity kind of begins to unfold, and he begins to learn who he is, and like his past starts to come to light. And as the story progresses, the dark wizard who who you made an attempt at Harry's life and of course killed his family returns to power. And everything builds up to this point where Harry has to not only face the Dark Wizard, but he has to face his fate as well, right? Um, but here, here's what we want to want to dive into a little bit with this is throughout the story we get many glimpses of like the ongoing internal struggles that Harry has that he's wrestling with, and most of them center around his identity. Who is he? Um, he's constantly trying to understand who he is, and he's constantly battling like this tension between like the darkness and the light that's inside of him. Um, but as the story progresses there are also good people like including his friends uh the friends of his parents his teachers and other people who believe in the good that he and other like other wizards are fighting for they begin to rally around harry uh, and they intentionally place themselves in close proximity to him and a common theme begins to develop where they're consistently and continuously speaking life and encouragement into harry who just feels like all alone and, and separated and Um, but they're continuously reminding him of who he is, like who his parents were, where he came from and letting, letting him know that he is never actually alone, even when he feels like it. And then eventually we hit a point in book five slash movie five, uh, where Harry has an encounter with the dark wizard, where, where the, this wizard possesses his mind. Like he comes inside his mind. And it's an attempt to basically break down and destroy Harry. And so he starts like uh, bringing up these memories from Harry's past of, of just tragedy, of like this hurt and loss and everything. And he begins like whispering these half truths in his head in an attempt to like just break him down, get him to surrender and give up. And after a few moments, and I'm referencing the movie in this part because it was pretty powerful how they captured it in the movie. Um, but after a few moments, like you see, like, the uh, the the script begin to shift a little bit, and Harry like all of a sudden catches a glimpse of like a memory he has with his friends where he's laughing, and he starts cycling through these memories of all these wonderful times he's had with his friends and like the love, the laughter, the joy that's, that's been in him, and eventually like he starts to kind of you know gr- get a hold of the situation, and he says this he says to the Dark Wizard he says you're the weak one, you've never known love or friendship and I feel sorry for you." Um, and you'll have to finish the story to see what happens from there, but it's kind of like a pivotal moment in the story for sure. But there's one thing in particular that I want you to catch from this story that, that I want to talk about today, and even though it's fictional, I think the story of Harry Potter does a fantastic job of illustrating this concept, and essentially, it's, it's essentially this you may never know what hangs in the balance of your words, right? You may never know what hangs in the balance of your words. Harry's life and his ability to grow into his destiny had everything to do with the positive words that, that the people around him were speaking into him, people reminding him who he was, where he came from, who his identity is, who it could be, not... Not not like what it versus what it could also be that might not be good. Um, his peers are just like speaking these positive things in him all the time. And if you go back and reread and rewatch the reread the books, rewatch the movies, you'll catch it. Like you'll begin to notice this this theme. And so it's pretty powerful, pretty cool. But after all, this is a fictional story, right? So let's talk real life for a second. Um, if you want to dive into the world of nonfiction, I'm going to recommend a book for you, and it's called it's by uh, or a couple of books by a guy named John Eldridge. Uh, if you're a man and you haven't read the book Wild at Heart, it needs to be your next read. Uh, if you're a woman, there's a version of this too where John also brings in his wife and they kind of write the thing together, but it's called Captivating. Awesome books, uh, life-changing books, and basically the beauty of them is that they help us address the voices uh, that we've allowed into our hearts. They help us address the voices, that, good and bad, that have come in and like taken home, taken root in our hearts. And in these books, like Eldridge will give a real life or gives real life examples of how negative and positive words of a father figure in particular, um, have, have like have had an effect in someone's life, how they've shaped it, how they've scarred it. Uh, he gives many examples like that. Uh, that break your heart, but many examples where fathers have said things to their children that have scarred them like throughout their lives. Like, it, like in some some way, like it's affected deep down decisions and emotions and how they view themselves and how they've approached life. Um, and sometimes these these things were said intentionally, and sometimes they were just said out of ignorance. Like you know, the, the dad didn't necessarily mean any harm, but they said some things that just stuck with the kid that they never thought they would. Right. Uh, and on into adulthood. And regardless, like our theme remains in this too. Like some of us are still waiting for our dads to tell us that they love us and that they're proud of us. Um, some of us like are, are, are still waiting for our dads just to say it one more time. And then some of us have been very fortunate and have heard that multiple times throughout our lives. Our dads have shared those words abundantly, but for most of us, our lives are shaped and have been shaped and are still being shaped. By the by, the expressing of or the withholding of those kind of words from our fathers, um, so you may never know like what hangs in the balance of, of your words. Or another way we we might want to say it for today is like you, you may never know whose life hangs in the balance of your words. Um, I have been a firefighter and paramedic uh, in my life. Uh, I was a firefighter and paramedic for just over three years. And it was a phenomenal experience, and I had the privilege of helping a, a lot of people uh, during my time at Gwinnett County. But there are many, many men and women who will step into this job for 30 plus years. I only did it for three, but they'll do it for 30 plus years. And you probably don't need to tell me that it's like it's a really physically and a really emotionally demanding job. And so just imagine like in my three years i, rem- I very much remember the, some of those struggles and just imagine doing that 10 times over is it, it, pretty intense and, and mental health issues as a result are on the rise in the fire department and it's just largely due to the nature of this role it's not like any one person's fault it's just the stress and the anxiety and the and just some of the nasty stuff that you see and have to deal with and thankfully many departments are taking action to, to help with this and to combat it um, but I remember, uh, I specifically remember attending the funeral of a fellow firefighter uh, who, who took his own life. Um, I remember uh, speaking to, to other colleagues and, and friends in, in the department who were struggling with, with similar thoughts and who were struggling with the job and with their lives and with, and with their families and stuff like that. I had many colleagues who, who went through divorces or who were going through divorces. Life is hard enough as it is, and then you tackle on a job like this, and, and things get significantly tougher at times. And there was, there was a theme that sort of developed within, within the fire department around that time and has continued to grow, which is really cool, but it's basically, we started hearing the phrase like you're not alone, you're not alone. Like in, when, you, when you get in those kind of moments, it's, often, it's easy to feel like you're, you're alone. And, and when society is turning to you to handle their emergencies, well, literally at times, literally save their lives, well then who do you turn to, right? Um, and so it, it leads you into thinking that you're alone in this, but the truth is you're not. And so we began to say those things to each other and all the time, hey, you're not alone. Like, you, this is a safe, like, you can talk to us. We can, like, we're your brothers, we're here to, we're here, here to, and sisters, we're here to help you. Um, and here, here to encourage you and, and here to accept you as who you are. You're not alone. And hopefully, like, we're telling we're tellin each other those kind of things more now than we were then. So you may, you, you just may never know, like, what hangs in the balance of your words you may never know whose life hangs in the balance of your words and um If you're anything like me, like, uh, as we're talking about this and this theme, like words of affirmation, words of encouragement to others does not come naturally. At least it doesn't for me. Um, I don't fully understand why that is either. I think it has something to do with some things like my personality, uh, my, probably my fear of perception, like how people are going to see me, depending on what I say. I'm also afraid I'm gonna say something stupid. And so maybe like in my attempt to encourage somebody, I might say something that discourages or offends them instead. Um, and then, of course, some of it hinges on my ability to communicate effectively at all. Like, am I able to actually say what I'm wanting and trying to say? Um, but for whatever the reason, it usually feels pretty awkward to me. And what I've learned is that I just have to work through the awkwardness. I have to kind of swallow that and, and, and push through it. Because there are people in my life that need to hear my voice. My, my wife needs to hear... That I love her, and I think she's lovely, and she needs to hear it often. She needs to hear it regularly. Uh, my my son needs to hear that I loving love him, and that I'm proud of him. He's uh he's only he's about to be three years old, so he, he's a just a you know just a little toddler. But he still needs to hear those things. He needs needs a hug from daddy every once in a while. And as he gets older, he's certainly going to need to hear that that I accept him for who he is, regardless of what season of life he's in. My those like those people need to hear those things from me. Um, I. I have colleagues who need to hear that, hey, I'm I'm here to come to collaborate with you. I'm here to help you and work alongside you, and we're going to work towards a common goal, rather than, hey, I'm here to compete and take from you and all those kind of things. I have I have employees that need to hear that I appreciate what they're doing, that that I'm glad they're here, and that um, that they're making a significant contribution, and that their job has a purpose. I, I have people that need to hear that, um, and then my friends need to hear that I care about them. They need to need to hear that I love them and that I'm there for them if something should go all right and that they can rely on me and, and trust me so someone needs to hear your voice like which is honestly the point of our talk today someone needs to hear your voice and someone needs to hear the words that only you can give um, people this is really cool but people like like Jeff Henderson and, and John Maxwell understand this um, Jeff sends out like a Jeff if you know who Jeff Henderson is he's a Um, a leadership guru who who used to be a pastor of Gwinnett Church and I think worked for Chick-fil-A before that, but he now does leadership material, he gives talks, he's writing books, all really encouraging, really helpful content, and I've signed up for a weekly newsletter, an email that he does, and so every week I get an email from Jeff Anderson, now he doesn't know it's coming to me, but I get one from him every week with words of encouragement and things that can help me improve as a person, as a leader, as a dad, as a husband, and it's really cool. And uh, what's really cool about this is Jeff has, under, has recognized and understands that someone needs to hear his voice. And he might not even know who that person is, but he's being faithful and recognizing that and sending those emails and writing them up every single week. Same thing with, with John Maxwell. You've probably heard of John Maxwell. He is like the, the senior, you know, superior leadership guru, but he writes books. So like his voice is in the written word. I guess what Jeff says too in this instance, but uh, he has recognized that, hey, someone needs to hear what I have to say and he's, he's been faithful in writing it down and getting it published and sharing it with, with thousands and even millions of people. Um, and so he recognizes that someone needs to hear his voice. If we turn to Scripture real quickly, after all, this is twelve two. Uh, you know, In the Proverbs of Solomon, like we're told, gracious words are a honeycomb, uh, sweet to the soul and healing to the bones. And then the Apostle Paul writes to the Ephesians in one of his letters, do not let any unwholesome talk come out of your mouths, but only what is helpful for building others up according to their needs, that it may benefit those who listen." And so, uh, like someone needs to hear our voice. There's someone who needs to hear only the words that we can give. And so these are the two things that I'm going to ask of you. I mentioned earlier, hey, I'm going, to, I'm going to commission you to go do something. I'm going to ask something of you and this is it. Who needs to hear your voice? Who in your life needs to hear your voice? And will you have the courage to share the words that only you can share? Like will who in your life needs to hear your voice? And will you have the courage to share the words that only you can give? Because you may never know whose life hangs in the balance. Um, so that's essentially it. That's all I have for you today. Uh, as always, we're grateful that that you joined us uh this week for 12.2. Uh, if you enjoyed the talk or if it intrigued you in any way, please like and comment below. And of course feel free to share it with a friend. Uh, and uh, as always, we'll see you same time, same place, uh, next week, here at 12:2. Thank you.